Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, dear listeners. It is I, Jairus, your editor, speaking. In today's episode, we have spoilers on Star Wars Andor, Marvel She-Hulk, Dropouts, Play It By Ear, no spoilers on Vox Akuma or Cyberpunk Edgerunner, spoilers on Kamen Rider Zero One, Kamen Rider Geats, Star Wars Ronin, and finally, a few spoilers on the Murderbot Diaries. Thank you, and enjoy. Jairus, I haven't seen you in a while, and I'm sorry for saying this live on the air, hmm. but you just turned around, and your bald spot has gone even further down the back of your head. You Were really you look like a Buddhist monk now. <laughs> I have. I cultivate it like this. What are you, you cultivate about? your bald spot like that? Yeah, what is I it, shave is it like it. anti-Rogaine that requires? Oh, I see. No, it. I, <laughs> as I explained to my dad when he asked me this exact question, short uh, balding hair is masculine, long hair is feminine. I do both because fuck your categories. And also, beautiful. I, love I it. don't like this stringy stuff on top. It makes me look like a character drawn by uh, Matt Growing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I shave it down. Never, never get. Well, you're probably see noticing it because I have not shaved it down in a few weeks because I am so stressed. <laughs> oh, sorry, bud. <laughs> Yeah, so he, so so Jairus actually has stress stubble on top of their head right now. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I have those little bits that suggest that they maybe got up two years late while the rest of the hair went to hair school down my back. <laughs> <laughs> hair school? <laughs> yeah, they're learning how to be hair. And so that they don't end up as split ends. I love everything about this conversation. They are. According according to Hank Green, I mean, if you can do hair transplanting from any part of your body to any part of your body, you can recall Where is those. This going? You could just make a rat yes, tail. And down. you can re you can recall <laughs> those hairs from hair school and send them to work in the corporate office. Right right at the top. You're going to work in the corporate office or you're gonna work in the minds of Kessel. It's up to you. You can be on my head or on my ass. That's where your hair goes. <laughs> follicle capitalism. <laughs> the follicle of capitalism. Anyway, so we have a number of things to talk about. Three things is a number. I feel like when we last stopped, there was something we did not get to. Was it a court of fay and flowers? Did we pause? It before? might have been, but um, Mailing and I have only watched the first ten or so. So, oh, in total. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Oh. Just, okay. That's there's perfect. so much television. Every Thursday yeah. comes around, and there's new She-Hulk and new Lower Decks and new Andor now, and there's just so much, and I don't have time. Well, to be fair with Andor, they were like, "Hey, you want the first three episodes immediately, all at once? Here you go, <laughs> all at once, all for you." You might yeah. think they're all the same uh, length. They're not. We didn't do it that way. Um, okay, then why don't we talk about the first episode of Andor? Let's dive into it. Absolutely. Um, Step one. Add Scottish people to your Star Wars. Hire the writer who did this dialogue to do every project. The dialogue (laughs) in this show is frankly, like, if Lucas' dialogue is here on the scale... On the far extreme end, we have the dialogue in Andor. This is especially great because the, A, this is not a visual medium, and B, we can't see what your hands are doing. They're out of frame. Yep, perfect. <laughs> Everyone's confused. 
I have to admit, I was extremely worried about Andor because this, the reviews that I kept seeing coming back were like, this is Star Wars for adults, and this is the oh best Star Wars ever, and like, your Star Wars that you like sucks because Andor exists, and I was very concerned. Yeah. But it's actually just very good Star Wars. Yeah. And that's very it's exciting. It's really good Star Wars. I feel like Solo showed us like the dirty underbelly of organized crime and andor is showing us the incredibly filthy underbelly of disorganized crime (laughs) (laughs) i was really surprised in the first five minutes they have a corpse sec on his knees begging for his life and andor just fucking kills him like just pops him in the face just shoots him like one we're getting like this death really quick it was a death of um absolute panic covering his own axe ass for accidentally killing the other one when he rammed his head back trying to stop him from uh, i think it's actually when he punched him in the throat (laughs) oh yeah that's right that's right (laughs) Um, and through this i i know you haven't gotten to all of this but they they are showing us an andor who is not necessarily starting out this andor has done some shit and unfortunately he does most of that shit where he lives and now people are sick of it yep (laughs) and there's that was kind of the whole first episode of just you are a mess you're sick of having you around please go away just no people no just one more i've almost got it yeah i i'm so good i just need one more favor you really get the sense that he is good at social stuff he can get things out of people his problem is is he's been on this planet too long and now everyone's done yep everyone knows him and is done with his shit Mm -hmm. which eventually is going to mean the rebellion is going to be like well we're not done with we and we're the only option you have left (laughs) right how else are you gonna get off this planet the other thing is seeing the dichotomy and corpse sec between the most corruption yeah and someone who believes that being in a corporation and running their security is some sort of nationalist heroism like he's like he's he thinks he's lawful good and he's fucking not. He's a corporate-like mm-hmm. security guard. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so great. I don't know if it's the first episode, but they say corpsec. They think they're like cops, and which I would point out, in the Star Wars universe, not a compliment, because the cops are stormtroopers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> True. That is episode one, yeah. It, it don't get <sighs> better. These are just corrupt thugs who you can see their faces there are no masks yeah mm-hmm. um and what you see is that they are uh morally disgusting corsac is who corin horn's dad worked for right no corp sec with a p oh corsac is corellian right mm-hmm. who are also mm-hmm. deeply corrupt but in a different way <laughs> yes <laughs> rowan thoughts i really i've enjoyed just about everything that i've seen so far um I'm glad that I mostly ignored all of the trailers and hype and everything around it because mm. the the impression of Star Wars, but for adults, blah, the best Star Wars ever, blah, 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 would have given me the impression that they had gone like a Game of Thrones route and I would have to worry about Yeah, that's what I was worried seeing about. Seeing in some episode just like a random Jawa filleting a blaster rifle or something mm-hmm. like that. But, <laughs> you know, Game just of Thrones shit. The things yeah, you see. Game of Thrones shit. I always thought it was really oh. weird. A, a, tw- a Twi'lex twerking on an astromech, you know, the regular <laughs> Game of Thrones stuff. Uh, I mean, we did get we did get the twerking. Yeah, I okay. will say this is That's the true. most Star Wars has ever shown us of how sex work actually works. What the business in like is like, why it sucks, and holy shit, is it weirdly realistic? Yeah. I'm yeah. loving it. And also, also. The biggest look that we got was in the quote unquote expensive brothel, which Oh yeah. Yeah. The one with standards where things are theoretically better heavy quotes. There is one thing though so. that they did, uh that's not in the mm. episode I saw, but I've heard about it, uh, that makes me really disappointed that we're not uh recording a season of Yavin Radio right now. Because we work so hard on that show to muse fake Star Wars swear words instead of the real ones we drop all the time. And apparently someone just says shit in the show. 
I'm like, we could have been saying shit all this time. I'm gonna the next the next episode. I'm gonna be saying shit constantly. It's gonna be all you're gonna hear from me. The word I heard them introduce was bastards, and they use it when talking about corpsec. Beautiful. These are random citizens describing corpsec. Star Wars says all corpsec are bastards. That's Star yeah. Wars. That makes um, sense. Now we can say bastards if we want to. I guess it makes sense. It's a concept. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that uh, there's a particular disparagement against, you know, unwed childbirth in Star Wars, but. No. Oh, although uh, apparently interhuman skin tone based racism exists specifically as something. Oh, really? Corpse. Yeah. At one, when the. This was actually, I think, in the first episode when the leader of Corpsec, who is like. Like, we're going to cover this under the rug. Yeah, Mustache Man. Yeah, Mustache yeah, Man. Yeah, Mustache Man. was like, here's the way it's going to be. I'll give you a hint. It not be that way. <laughs> he describes what occurs as them hanging out in a bar that not only shouldn't exist, they would be fired if they were found there. And then they decide to bother a man with dark features. And I was like, oh. holy shit, colorism? As a cop describing what another cop was doing? I didn't take that as, uh, as like, that kind of dark features myself, but maybe that is what they meant. I thought, I agree, was ambiguous. I think it could also be just classist, like, yeah, dark as in absolutely. criminal-esque. Yeah. But dark as a word is criminalized yeah. in our world for specifically racial reasons. Yeah. And so I That's think true. the subtext cleaves multiple <laughs> ways. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. The subtext may um, in fact just be text. <laughs> in many ways, I feel like this show is a lot closer to our world than a lot of other star Wars, not because star Wars isn't, but this is star Wars at a scale we don't normally see. And that scale is tiny. Yeah. It's very small. We're really just looking at the relationship between two planets and a third in someone's distant past. Yeah. It's very limited, and I really like that so far. I'm really intrigued, speaking of planet in the distant past, uh, for learning what his growing up situation was like, because there are no adults in that camp. There are zero adults there. It's a bunch of lost boys and girls and probably non-binary friends. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking their own language. With no subtitles. Which which was very cool. I watched it uh, with my partner who's a linguist and she's like, I gotta know this conling. What did they do? (laughs) How did they make this? Also, very bold creative choice to put no English subtitles under whatever it is. And yet, speaking. as yeah. those scenes go on, you kind of get just you get what's yeah. going on. It's yeah. very it, well acted. It's like how Prey would have been yeah. if they were been allowed to do it. Uh, Com- Comanche? Yeah, Comanche. That would have been wild. What did you think of, not exactly the politics, I guess, but the interpersonal rules? Um, I think it was really interesting how a lot of the show was about like a lot of the people were just kind of normal people you know like it was just it felt like the same kind of relationships you'd see in a uh underworld crime drama that didn't take place Mm. on a galaxy far far Mm. away which was nice yeah it it helps make the world feel lived in yeah yeah extremely so yeah i thought it was like game of thrones in that it was a, a large cast like it really seems like though it's about andor we're really getting to see a lot of other characters and how they think and live in their daily lives and i really appreciate that storytelling yeah i really liked the touch of how um I don't know, remember, I don't know her character name yet, but the um, the woman that Andor's working with, uh, how she contacted her secret contact. Bix. Bix, thank you. I mean, like, the fact that she, like, had to go to somebody else's shop, come up with mm-hmm. a fake reason to sneak inside, mm-hmm. and then steal her way to their communications tower and hack in. I was like, that's very Star Wars. That makes me happy. Yes. Loved it. Yeah. And I'm glad, too, that Cassian isn't a dick. Like, he's clearly in over his head, and he clearly cons a lot of people, but it's not quite like, you know, he's just a big old moralist jerk, as someone would be in, say, Game of Thrones. He's effective and efficient, but he's not really looking to burn bridges. He's not a callous prick. Yeah. Yet. 
<laughs> where we find him at the beginning of Rogue yeah. One. <laughs> we kind of see someone who is kind of like a nervivore. He seems to live in one crisis after another. A nervivore? Is that a real word? It's a word that I heard online to, oh no, that's a Terry Pratchett word for someone with anxiety. Ah, okay. Uh, the bursar <laughs> is a nervivore. Got it. And I love it, so I, I take a Yes, absolutely adopt that. I was just excited mm-hmm. to learn a new word. <laughs> I wouldn't say he has anxiety, but like a nervivore, he lives from one crisis to the next. Yeah, that is absolutely true. I also love, this is, oh, speaking of Yavin Radio, later, in a later episode, someone curses by swearing upon God, and I, like, zoomed into that moment, I'm like, okay, what are you talking about? What God is this? Which God? It, yeah. What, what is this culture? Is it the Ringus God? It's such a weird thing with Star Wars, because Star Wars is so uh, anachronistic and contemporary in its dialogue. I mean, even in, like, mm-hmm. you know, Empire, you get like, well, I'll see you in hell. And it's like, right. wait, what? what's hell? Hold on, go Are back. there hells? <laughs> what's going on with that? What is space hell? Yeah. <laughs> what is the Corellian conception of hell? Yeah. Please tell us Coruscant. more. Coruscant is the Corellian <laughs> conception of hell. So a prettier version of Corellia is their version of hell? Um... Oh. <laughs> There is something coming up that was so cool, I screamed when I saw it. And I was like, that's from one of my favorite Star Wars things. And I recognized it immediately. And then I went online to see if it was true. And it was true. Oh, that's awesome. And it's the thing that I... Can you tell me what it's a reference to? So I'm on the lookout for it. Dark Forces Jedi Knight. Ooh. Yes. I just... Speaking of obscure Star Wars things, the fact that this thing started with BBY... Just oh, oh man yes oh man yes. so nice I don't so such a easy. such a rewarding little little nerd call out I don't know what mm-hmm. BBY what what does it stand before for? the Battle of Yavin okay yeah so Star Wars has no years so at some point in the I don't know if it was in the original role playing game or if it was in so. um one of the early books but they they decided to set their timeline around the Battle of Yavin from uh, Episode Four um everything takes place either BBY or ABY okay. there was a brief moment in one of the more recent guidebooks where they switched it to before and after the Starkiller base incident instead, but apparently that was just a... The other thing is that they also showed us what planets things occurred on, but only once. Yeah. You only ever get to see that once. Um, and for that reason, I have a hard time figuring out uh, remembering the names of the locations. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to be having an easy time with that. But I'm glad they exist. Yeah. They're very cool. I thought yeah. it was going to be in the corporate arm, but the way they talk about the Empire makes it think that this is very much in or in the rim somewhere. I think in the new continuity, uh, corporate corporate states are still under the empire even in the corporate arm oh yeah i see okay um i have my map packed but i'll have to look that up so they could be in the corporate arm yeah they could be they're just the monetarist allies of palpatine who were like we're in this to make money off of it not to be part of your fascist super state. I mean, that's kind of how fascism uh, works. We have no problem with your fascist super state. Yeah. Because <laughs> it helps us profit. Yeah. But it's also the reason that they're like, we want to make sure that the hobnail boots crowd has as little reason to pay attention to us and get up in our business as possible. They get in, they get a report, they leave. We go back to business as usual. Otherwise, it gets too messy. Yeah. Yeah. You do not want the Empire to pay attention to you. You want the Empire to be totally fine with everything that just happened. In Mm real-world fascism, there tends to be, like, the creation of a syndicate of corporations that are closely watched and controlled by the state and often have, like, propped up party members on their boards and things like that um i think they call that like state corporization or something oh um, man i didn't say it fast enough when you said i think they call that i was about to be like the united states of america do they call oh. that the united states of america <laughs> we're just three corporations in a trench coat um, oh no it's probably more than three but okay they demonstrated this in older canon by pretty much making sinar systems i think and crot drive yards exactly like that just emperor propped up corporations of people taking advantage of the government's favor to get very wealthy yeah 
Nestle, Disney, and Amazon. <laughs> Did I do it? <laughs> Disney oh, is definitely right three. one. Don't forget Viacom. Oh. Okay. Until Disney buys them. Mm. Until Disney buys all all entertainment. Who, mm-hmm. as we as we sit here talking about Star Wars and She-Hulk, <laughs> right? On that, do, can we move to She-Hulk? Because I want to talk about Madison. Well, yeah, we, we haven't talked about last week's. Absolutely, I could talk about last week's. I, I have not seen yet. this week either. Okay. But yes, we should definitely talk about with. I have. It's a good one, but also I watched this week's episode, and honestly, that it's it's fine. There's not too much to add or talk about. Okay. Mostly, they were setting up for whatever the big blowing up. Oh no! Suddenly, real shit is happening. Ah, uh, okay. Events. That's yeah, good, because, well, I appreciate that every episode kind of lays down foundations for later things. I am not yet seeing what the major conflict is, though I'm pretty sure the players are her and Titania. Well, I think the um, the point of She-Hulk is that it's a sitcom, and that's what a lot of people are struggling with, is that it's a sitcom, and so it doesn't have an overarching villain yeah. or anything like that. It's just a comedy show. And so a lot of people are like, but what about, like, Mephisto? For the most part. And my lore. And it's like, no, it's just... It's it's, it's mostly, mostly just, just jokes. jokes. This is a fun, cool show. Yeah. I really hope that we only find Mephisto through Madison. Madison is <laughs> Mephisto's... Madison is Mephisto. 1M to PH, but not where you think. I... <laughs> <laughs> I love Madison. I love her friendship with Wong. Uh, she's a jerk, and I would not be her friend. But I, but I love how, like in a legally blonde way, how effortlessly badass she is. She just like comes back from a hell dimension holding a demon heart, and it's like it's fine. And she almost looks at it like, what even is this? It, like it's very, yeah. and then just drops it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She and she always seems a little drunk. Like she is always yes. at a yes. oh, absolutely. party. Absolutely. And always spoilings with the Sopranos for Wong. <laughs> right, right. Um, yes. I love how they started an episode where she aggressively spoils the Sopranos with uh, Jen saying, yeah, that's right, Wong is back this week. It's almost like giving the show Twitter yes. armor. <laughs> people love him. While actively spoiling the yep. Sopranos for some people. Yeah, Fabulous. <laughs> Utterly fabulous. <sighs> I really liked that they had a conflict between a stage magician and a sorcerer, and it didn't come out to whether stage magic is real magic. It almost went there, and at the end of that fight, Wong starts performing close-up magic tricks to one-up the guy. (laughs) I melted. I was laughing so hard. This whole phase has been the phase of Wong, and I'm so happy for it. Oh, Wong is so good in all of this stuff. And people can stop asking the question because we've seen Wong in all of it. Can stop asking, well, what's Wong doing while well, Doctor Strange is doing whatever he's doing? <laughs> he's having legal troubles, obviously. Yeah. And hanging out with his new inadvertent mm-hmm. best bud, Madison. While they watch The Sopranos. <laughs> it's not rocket science here, yeah. people. And she annoys him. <laughs> and also he's lonely, so it's the closest thing to a friendship he's got right now. Yeah. He's too good at his job. He alienates all his friends by being too good. Well, you, there's that, and then there's also the whole just uh, multiverse of madness thing where Wanda did kind of clear out the entire of the entirety of Kamartage. Yeah. Like, just kind of turned an incredible mm, number of wizards yeah, to dust true. yeah i saw a tiktok today from a girl who um does like those you know disney and superhero parties and this little girl had had, had requested a scarlet witch party oh and uh so she showed up as you know full wanda uh and then um she was apparently one of the things they do is the parachute you know you throw the kids up in the air in the parachute mm-hmm. kind of thing and apparently while she was doing it she was going up like sokovia down like sokovia Whoa! Oh, oh no! Her dad was just God. looking at her in horror. <laughs> like the girl who smiles at the camera while the house is on fire behind yeah. her. Yeah. <sighs> Bring around the Oh God! <sighs> How are we? Do we want to talk about the reaction that um, She Hulk is getting? Because I think you're right. I mean, it's it's the same i mean i don't want to dismiss it by being like oh it just happens now but it does kind of just happen now like all of this stuff i mean even andor is getting it which is wild because you'd think dude bros would like this kind of show anything that isn't i don't know what they want anymore a jawa filleting a blaster rifle yeah maybe 
uh, they, mostly they just want Tony Stark back, I guess. I don't know, mm. but it's it's. But Tony Stark would, yeah, you're right. It's okay. all these people with laser eye video thumbnails who are just all of their money now comes from driving controversy, and I I don't even know. And again, this is sounding like I'm undermining the problem, and I'm not. I think there's a huge problem here, and people are legitimately being harassed by mobs of people. But it's. I don't know. It just it's frustrating because it's becoming such a regular part of our life. It's like, oh, another Marvel or Star Wars show is out. Another Star Trek show is out. Here comes the uh, eye laser brigade to be Mm -hmm. dicks about it. Like it's their job. Yeah, it is their job. That's the thing. Yeah, they make money off of it. And it's very much like muckrakers and exploitative journalism from the Gilded Age and onward. There's this sense of needing to drive attention to make money. And so losing any semblance of restraint yeah and the big problem with it is every time at least every time you dunk on one of them specifically you're giving them attention Mm -hmm. and so it's like you're helping them even though you're also doing the right thing by like shutting them down and pointing out what an idiot they are well i believe that there could be reasonable critique of She-Hulk. We've discussed some of it on here. Sure. There's a huge section of it that's just reactionary and like without any kind of merit. These are people who resent women characters, people who resent non-white heroes in Star Wars, people who just want to complain about the world becoming a better place. Yeah. I mean, they just want everything to be back the way it was when they didn't have to think about the world. Hero looked like them. And uh, sorry, Mm -hmm. boys, we're not putting that one back, that genie back in the bottle. It's a better world now. And we're not, we're not stopping. Right. You can't unscramble an egg. You have the opportunity to live in it. Right. You just have to be willing to actually learn something and do more than what used to be expected of you which means actually listening to people who don't look like and because of them it's really hard to wade through this stuff and find find like real critique like something useful like uh, certainly she hulk has the way their animators are treated and what they're able to produce with the teams they have that's been true with everything marvel does I have not yet heard any critique of Andor, but I've also not really been looking very much. Uh, yeah, I I have not yet been able to find anything on Andor. I'm not quite sure what people are saying. The only big thing that happened on Star Wars Twitter with Andor recently is um, because of the number of people uh, who are saying who are whose joy for the show is being phrased in a way that's well andor is better than x other star wars property uh there was one guy in particular uh although i posted it uh who said Mm. like hey you know maybe we can like one thing without hating another thing and uh that was apparently too much for most of most of star wars twitter (laughs) although apparently that particular guy has a lot of other baggage that went with it too Oh. Yeah. In general, yeah. the goodness of one thing does not make something else sucky. It can reveal the flaws in something, but I don't think Andor reveals the flaws in Star Wars in any way except points out that Lucas-style dialogue is not very organic and f- <laughs> it can be. But yeah. yeah. The more we talk about internet discourse, hmm. if we can call it that, the more I think about just literally the first episode of She-Hulk and and Bruce Hulk coming out and being like, dialectical behavior therapy is a thing. It lets you take two supposedly contradictory ideas and allow them to both mm-hmm. be true at the same time. Please. You can like something and also like yep. something else that is different and has different things that are good or bad about it without having to compare them and make it be a tiered list. Like your liking does mm-hmm. not have to be a continuum or a popularity contest. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's also, I know that me, I tend to take things like that more personally than I should um, because I have spent my entire life being the guy who likes things that other people hate uh, as discussed many times on this show my favorite podcast mm. or my favorite podcast my favorite movie is Mortal Kombat nobody likes that movie but me mm-hmm. man can you imagine if that was a podcast that would be though? a dope podcast uh, mm. except for all the fights <laughs> it'd, it'd just be like <laughs> finish him. What I would love to see 
is two golf commentators describing a Mortal Kombat fight in the same style. Ooh, Johnny Cage has just punched him directly in the dick. It's a good move. You don't see that. It appears uh, that... It looks like Scorpion has invited Johnny Cage to join him on his side of the ring, and oh, there he goes with the chain. I don't think that was a voluntary move there on Johnny Cage's part. Oh, and the little ooky man has come out from his corner as Johnny Cage flies up. I'm sorry, into the Rowan, air. do you think that man says ooky? <laughs> it's it's toasty. It's toasty, like a piece of bread. He said. Oh, okay. Rusty. Okay, well, in the old version of the game, none of those T's were discernible. To me. It was just <laughs> That's very <"Whoa-hee!"> fair. <laughs> very fair. <laughs> I mean, tech being tech. Yeah. And there is the voice of God reminding our winning um, contestant. Actually, that's not the voice of God, depending on the game. It's either the voice of or Shao Kahn or uh, Quan Chi. Oh. Are any of those gods? <laughs> and the old, and the ethereal roman emperor who uh, decides the fate of us all has given the thumbs down guess we've got to kill somebody via the skull <laughs> spinectomy <laughs> oh, uh, okay. that was uh some excellent wordplay jerris i tip my hat to you but you're not I don't wearing have a hat, hat oh but I tip it to you. word play. word play wink the Yatcha procedure. I don't think it's Yatcha. Hold on. Now I'm going to Google this. Why? <laughs> A Yamcha? Yatcha. Oh, it's the Yauja. 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 Yatja? Yeah, Yauja. Now who's what typing? What is the alien race? It's Rowan. It's that... Rowan all along. <laughs> it's been Rowan all along. Dun, 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 dun. That was me. Yes. I I am doing the podcast crimes. What would Rowan's Wario be like? (laughs) Have you guys been watching um, uh, Make Some Noise and Play It By Ear? Because, oh my god. I I have not been watching Play It By Ear. I want to. You have to watch Play It By Ear. It's fabulous. It's also fucking sorcery. Like, the fact that these people can just make up a musical on the spot consistently it's fucking musical improv musical improv is straight witchcraft to me it's amazing mad props to the piano player and whole band who can just bust out a song at a tiny prompt but just the ability for them for the band to do that and then the performers to come up with songs and lyrics that rhyme and have a good melody like it's witchcraft you said it perfectly to present musical tropes in a way where we laugh because we recognize them but we don't feel like they're shitting on musicals they really love these things yeah Yeah. dropout stuff has been really good i'm really enjoying a court of uh fame flowers we we mentioned this many weeks but dropout the subscription is like six bucks a month y'all and the shit you get from that six months most most value for a dollar of any streaming service beyond a shadow of a doubt great you know where you don't have to worry about ads ever dropout.tv yep (laughs) it's true just give them your six bucks that's true no ads dropout we hate capitalism um (laughs) they really do (laughs) Yeah, we do a lot of water carrying for Dropout, but we love them so much. Yeah, Um, yeah. Seriously. Uh, Sponsor us, Dropout. Do it, you cowards. You won't. (laughs) Get in the comments. (laughs) All right. Is there anything else we wanted to talk about before we get into stuff we're doing this week? No, I think... The only other thing regarding Mm She-Hulk that I specifically wanted to tap. Uh, we talked about the the Wong and Madison episode, which was also the uh, Jen bites the bullet and dates as She Hulk episode. Does did anybody get the very strong vibe off of one of those guys that he's definitely secretly the yes. villain of this season? Hmm. We're not talking about the uh, bald guy who is into She Hulk no. and hates Jen. I, I really. think he is a red herring. He's just like, hey, I'm really attractive and sexy, and I want a giant woman to crush me. And I don't think he has anything else going on. I think it was the guy immediately before him who was asking 
uh, weird questions about how penetrable your skin is. I would agree. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that would be a hilarious yeah. bait and switch. That would be perfectly on point. That in this game was too. the guy who also uh, let her pay by when they did the like quick draw who gets the wild out first in turn no that was that was a different guy is that the first one there were so many (laughs) unattractive white men that she was dealing with in that scene (laughs) there were a lot of people who are like manifestations of the people who complain about the show yeah it's kind of amazing because Obviously, they wrote and filmed the show before complaints about the show had come out. Uh, it's amazing how much that they were able to predict, and also deeply sad how much they were able to predict. It hasn't changed, and also this is... Women are the showrunners for the show. Like, they've been living this. Yeah, so they know. Yeah. Yeah, they know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we have a... There's a, a very yeah. famous... Uh, situation of a woman who's still very good and uh, very big in comics, Heather Antos, who was harassed for years because she posted a picture oh of herself God. and her female co-workers getting a milkshake. Oh, God. Yep. I mean, to a certain extent, yep. there aren't a lot of reasons why uh, someone could be harassed for that long that I'd feel great about if they're like a bigot. I could see that. The only way I would be okay with this situation is if it ended with the harassers getting arrested somewhere in London and being sent to a holding station in Scotland, because then we could truly say that the milkshake brought all of the boys to the yard. Oh, oh, oh that was, God, that was a good setup. <laughs> and I and hate that I, joke. Good job, oh. yeah! Wow, that was such a good setup for such a terrible joke. I'm very As proud of good you. And also I like what you've you. accomplished. But Scotland Yard is not in Scotland. I thought Scotland Yard was okay for fair enough. I don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, Scotland Yard is in London. <laughs> they just yeah. call it. It's that. kind of like how Venice um, Beach like is not in Like many things Italy. the English have, they just took something from somewhere else. Um, <laughs> on that, we. <laughs> why that was so funny to me <laughs> so let's talk about what we've done this week rowan what have you about i've to? been stressing about homework yeah i've been stressing at the edge of um, a lot in addition Sorry, to that i've been watching a lot of youtube there's been uh my my wife has recently gotten into a uh vtuber called uh vox akuma who is a the voice of the devil uh or demonic devil or or or, or demonic devil wow good job Rowan. uh <laughs> atm machine like voice devil basically not voice of but just voice yeah, yeah that's true it would be it would be vox yes. no akuma but then vox we'd also be combining akuma anyway uh <laughs> basically continue. he's he's a he's a very soft spoken uh british sounding vtuber who does a lot of between semi-erotic and just erotic asmr rp streams uh that have gotten very popular recently that's not the content my wife is li- well okay for the most part not the content my <laughs> wife is listening to he, he also does a lot of other fun stuff but yeah he's 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 just kind of an interesting character and weirdly wholesome for doing what he does. So yeah, uh, if you're looking for a VTuber to peruse to determine whether that flavor is one you enjoy <laughs> or not, uh, go for it. <laughs> phrase, phrase it? it. No, yeah. no, we're good. Uh, I've Keep also it, been leave it in. Yeah, I've also been playing uh, a little bit, only a little bit of uh, Warframe post their Veilbreaker update. It's oh, no, it's, I, I had a so really close to good break, uh, and then I came back to it because they've released more content, and I played a little bit of it enough to be like, yeah, this is okay, and then I stopped. That shouldn't dissuade anybody who wants to get into it necessarily. It's the story bits as ever are fun and cool. It's just another additional way that I could grind, but by nature it's been made a slow grind and I have shit to do. Uh, yeah. Yep. So it's true. Yeah. Oh, hard to watch things. Last thing that I did, that's kind of oh. important that we didn't really get to talk about. And I don't know okay. if you, 
I watched all of Cyberpunk Edgerunners. Oh, yeah. Uh, How was I that? thought it was really, really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Compared to a lot of Studio Trigger's stuff, I think they really... Studio Trigger really benefited from having their scope limited so that they couldn't do a thing that they do a lot of times, which is we have no way of increasing the scale of this more. Let's take it to space. <laughs> uh, so they they managed to tell a very grounded, fast-paced story where a lot is happening every Whoa. single episode. As well it should it in is, Night City. Yeah. Yeah. I... I definitely enjoyed it a lot. I liked all of the characters. The set design was... It made a lot of very good use of the things that Trigger is already excellent at, including creating little cutaway moments of like narrative storytelling where there's just crazy shit happening in the background being like, yep, this is this is the world our characters exist in. And so they're able to depict Night City in a way that I think makes a lot of sense to really get the feel for how awful it actually really is to be a person having to live in that i've heard some people say that it is so engaging it makes them want to play the game again or that you feel like you're in the city a bit more in depth than in the game yeah yeah supposedly according to uh reddit's following cyberpunk 2077 steam metrics for people buying and playing the game have been way 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 up recently there was about a solid week where they had about a million concurrent players. Whoa. I've been noticing a lot of uh, conversation about cyberpunk that I wasn't hearing before. Uh, so that is very cool to hear because it is a great game despite everything. Yeah. They've made some cool changes. Yeah, and they announced their first DLC. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's huge problems. There's still transphobic ads all over the city. I honestly wish i could turn off the super obnoxious sex ads that are everywhere because it's so juvenile but yet it's a very fun game amazing in that it exists as you know six mm-hmm. games in a trench coat and it's still as i believe as there's a setting where you can set your stuff for um uh streaming pg-13 really um, that takes care of a lot of that Ooh, that would be nice but if there is that would be literally haha a game changer yeah i believe so but it's been a while since i played it would really help relax my eye muscles because i spend so Mm. much time rolling them (laughs) throughout that game yeah there's a number of ads in that game that make me be like is this what cyberpunk is to you yeah well why that whole thing that i was worried about with andor that thankfully didn't happen of like maturity means this juvenile bullshit Mm. sex Mm -hmm. and and violence Mm -hmm. and lots of blood which i understand uh uh, edge runners has you know a fair amount yeah i'm the only person on the planet who isn't super into well i'm not super into blood either i just am jaded because i saw kill bill forever ago (laughs) and there is a scene in there that almost nothing will compare to in terms of volume of red paint you know i don't know why it didn't bother me in kill bill you're right i i love that scene yeah but maybe it was just so ludicrous in that scene and not trying to be realistic that i didn't mind as much i don't know there's an art to it it was copying anime and there's definitely an anime influence now to this video game that was turned into an anime but that is not how the violence yeah plus you know uh, cyberpunk yeah. 2077 you can uh uh you can get an attachment so your sword doesn't kill any people anyone no matter how much you chop it <laughs> which is wild it's ludicrous uh, but i'm so yeah. glad it exists because i want to fight with a sword and i want to not kill anyone and i i want those two things to coexist although i definitely had a few people that i was like no i'm turning to yeah yeah it was one of those (laughs) i had a shotgun for that in my run good answer do you have anything else you wanted to talk about Rowan? that was basically the last thing just if if absurdity helps to alleviate some of the squick factor of gore for you i would say still try out edge runners because trigger does like trigger is the same studio behind like gurren logan and stuff like that yeah like absurdist violence is very much their wheelhouse okay true true cool mike yep. sure uh well there's a couple of things for me i'm gonna borrow uh from rowan's usual and do a couple of things and go for it you've earned it uh, oh thanks buddy i'm glad i have uh so first off um i uh, have gotten back into city of heroes through one of the unofficial 
servers that exists nowadays. Nobody's cracked down on them, so as far as I know, there's not an issue for talking about that. Obviously, full disclosure, the company I work for made City of Heroes, but no longer owns the rights to City of Heroes, so that's a whole kind of messy thing, but but that's not something we need to worry about right now. Mm -hmm. It's it's very interesting to look at City of Heroes, especially years after I got the last chance to play it. Especially because I, while I City of Heroes is my favorite MMO that I've ever played, mm -hmm. and I know some of that now is absolutely nostalgia. There are other games that do things way better, but uh, and you know the writer for Champions on super talented and attractive guy, but the. Uh... <laughs> But it's really interesting going back to it because I missed a lot of things. There's new missions and new styles of storytelling and new ways to do things. And like there's a whole starting arc that didn't exist before where you um, uh, you play, uh, you join a super group with really interesting like characters called the Shining Stars. And there's like an alien who talks funny and a uh, super science guy. And it's, it's, you know, it's very cliche as good superhero stories sometimes are, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, and it's been just a great recreating those tropes for people to experience. Right, exactly. And so City of does that very well. And I'm, I'm very much enjoying it. The other thing that I've been really diving into is my love for Common Rider. And there's two Common Rider series that I have been diving into that I should talk about this week. The first is the brand new one that just came out. There's only three episodes of it out. So uh, it's Common Rider Geats. And um, the first episode begins with the world end. It's Ooh. a very interesting concept. Basically, the world that this thing takes place in. I don't know if it's a simulation or what the cause for this is, but people are selected to be common writers. They battle to the death to defeat both monsters and each other. And whoever wins the most points gets to remake the world in whatever way they want. So the end of first end of the first episode, the main writer, common writer Geats, uh, wins and remakes the world world in his own image and then we pick back up immediately with the other main characters we met getting selected to be common writers and having to figure out how to get through this oh like unknown armies is kind of like that or yeah i guess now that i think about it dragon ball z maybe well there's i mean common writer always has a uh shonen anime kind of sensibility to it mm. uh that's mm -hmm. just a thing as well it should yeah no. the other one i've been watching uh so shout factory which is a wonderful company that releases all kinds of obscure stuff on DVD Blu-ray uh, has uh, released a full Blu-ray set of Kamen Rider Zero One, which was the first Common Rider in the new era, um, which is the Rowan help me out, Reiwa era. Maybe sounds right. What sounds right Japan to is in right now. My otaku friend, you don't know these things? <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah. I, yes, it's Reiwa. Okay. Reiwa. Uh, and this series is interesting because uh, it's uh, designed for Jairus actually How so uh, the main character is a uh, stand-up comedian uh whose grandfather started a company that created these things called huma gears uh and huma gears are uh humanoid uh robots yeah. that are designed to help and support people throughout their daily lives and the grandfather dies and leaves the company to his idiot grandson who has to both learn how to run a corporation and also be a superhero uh at the same time as evil hacker collective uh called metsobojinrai.net <laughs> is um i know it's so great i love it is finding uh huma gears that are on the verge of achieving the singularity and causing them to turn into monsters and go berserk so he the main character loves huma gears they were his grandfather's dream you know he was raised by a huma gear so he he really wants to show people oh. their potential and that they can be this wonderful thing for humanity but they keep turning into monsters and he keeps having to kill them and it's an interesting mm. di dichotomy the the first arc is all about the evil hackers but we We've just been introduced in the last couple of episodes that I've been watching to the true villain, who is, of course, a corporate bastard. And uh, he's he's great. There's a sequence that was just uh, just happened that it made my heart so full because he's been such a jerk the entire series that we've known him. And he arrogantly gave Zero One, the main character, uh, this super power-up that caused Zero One to lose control of himself so that he would just attacking everything indiscriminately. And then this bad guy was like, great, now I'll fight him and kill him, and just gets his ass handed to him so many times. Oh. Just, you <laughs> created this monster and now this monster is throwing you into buildings, and, uh, it's wonderful to watch. 
uh so yeah that's that's me heavily recommend both shows uh geats is very interesting and has really cool designs zero one starts a little slow but the uh the story and the characters kick in and if you're into cool stories and superheroes and robots uh check those out that sounds really cool jaris go i have uh recently finished the novel star wars ronin oh yes it is now my favorite thing disney star wars has ever published for like books and though i have way more thrawn to read it blew my mind both the beauty and the way it describes the force how well it treats its non-binary characters Mm -hmm. almost every single force user is a balanced force user and only people in like rare and extreme emotional moments use only the white flare or black current of the force the ending is so powerful and they don't like bury their queers it's yeah despite the fact that it's full of death and there's a lot of death <laughs> it i really loved it um the last chapter had me crying multiple times it was beautiful in the way that paintings of like cherry blossom flowers as samurai about to fight before it are painted in tattoo on the backs of uh otaku uh in california or in the midwest (laughs) it was beautiful in that way but more so it was more authentic but more than that like it it had a kurosawa-ness that normal star wars reaches for but does not fully grasp and hits a number of genre things that i felt like star wars really needed it's sad to me it's not canon not because i want the star wars universe to be like that but like its use of language to talk about normal star wars conceits is far more engaging to me than a lot of other styles of writing i think the fact that they were not canon allowed them to really open the the doors to making something that was to me what star wars should be i don't want to fully agree because i really love the new canon of star wars but i also really wish we got like six seasons of a movie from this world Uh, especially because it took a not uninteresting is not the right word but a not you know the most exciting of the visions shorts and built it into this gigantic world that is just so cool i liked Mm. that one but it wasn't it really didn't tell us very much yeah of what its interesting setting was like and this book really mines that short for details and then expands on them very fractally and god the way it describes the force also um you like there are things in this book that are like i don't quite get why it's describing the force this way and then in the very later scenes when it's describing the world of the mirror it describes the the world of the cosmic force from uh rebels is exactly in that pattern and oh the world between and the black and white color of the force suddenly makes sense that's the only color they use to make that thing and it clicked like this is star wars if the cosmic force was the part of the force that most people interacted with instead of its dualistic aspects yeah so I like that. The other thing, and I know we wanted to talk about this more when Mei Ling was on, so I'm not going to go into too heavy of detail, but I listened to while moving, packing and unpacking uh, the first four books, audio books of the Murderbot Diaries. Yes! And they're incredible. I, I... They're so good! I did not expect a, a book where the character specifically does not have a sex and chooses not to be sexual in any way would be so evocative of gender and queer sexuality in so many ways mm-hmm. also it's a it's a story about robots where the social and emotional lives of the robots are extremely important mm-hmm. they're they just completely throw oh, out you haven't even gotten to book five yet Ugh. oh i know and they have a way murderbot has a way of describing interactions with humans that hit me so deep in how i feel interacting <laughs> with people and there was a point Same! Yes, Same! at the very end of the fourth book in which um <laughs> describe finding someone else who is awakened to themselves like you and saying 
this is the stories, this is the media, here's a documentary that helped me understand and giving that to them mm-hmm. is a moment I have been in so many times in like when friends come out to me as intersex or whatever it may be. It's like a robot realizing I am not an object. I am a person. Wait, are you sorry? Are you talking about when it uh, gives the stuff to three? The three. Yes. Oh, so you have read book five. That's book okay. five. Oh, I thought that was a four. Yeah. I loved it. I loved how long it was book five is my favorite it's so good and it's mostly so good just because art and Murderbot are the best couple and oh, you cannot convince me otherwise it's so obvious they have a relationship <laughs> and the way yeah, that Murderbot denies it and then later on yeah we <laughs> <laughs> it's so good oh god oh okay that was oh, that was spoilers certainly. we're gonna have to that sorry about uh, that <laughs> Sorry. Um, we got excited. It's okay. We're going to talk about it more. When Mailing comes back, we will do a, yes, a Murderbot-focused yes. episode uh, once Jairus has read the last book. Rowan, are you, do you have or are planning to read them? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure my wife has at least some of them as e-reader books. Right. So well, this is your homework. I think I can get access it's, pretty they, easily. It is very worthwhile. I really enjoyed it. I see why people kept referring it to me because... It talks about the things about AI that I want to think about and not mm-hmm. the shit most people write about, which is why they hate humans. They're going to take over oh, the no. world. Yeah. Whereas this one's like, that's stupid. I would rather just be left alone and never have to be touched by a human ever again. Yeah. 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 It's kind of that dichotomy of humans being like, what if, what if robots treat us like we treat robots i.e terrible and they want to and they want to get revenge and the and the other side is the robots are like yeah we don't like that treatment we're gonna go over here something different where we don't have to interact with you please keep making media (laughs) yeah we need your media it's very entertaining but also our representation of that media is not very good and we'd like to talk to you about that (laughs) also that that series is extremely anti-capitalist and i really appreciate it (laughs) yes it's so great. It's my favorite kind of sci-fi, just the stuff that's like it just it's it just so the world is obviously super dark that they're yeah. in. Like the world of Murderbot in general is so dark, but the people that you meet in all of those books are so kind and so they treat Murderbot like people even if, you know, no matter what. And it's just uh it's so great. It just fills my heart. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good. And uh, because I've been reading books faster, I have now moved on to Trail of Lightning by Rowan Horse, uh, Hugo Award-winning uh, Navajo monster hunting. It'd be urban fantasy, but it takes place oh. on the area that used to be the reservation. So it's more like... Rural fantasy. Modern rural fantasy. We'll just get more and more specific. Yeah, which is typically most fantasy, but not in this way. But <laughs> it's also like it's not cyberpunk, but it occurs in the future after a climate disaster. It's good so far. I'm really loving it, but I'm early in, so we will see. And that's me. I uh, I should also mention quickly before we go to the end uh, that I also finished uh, Note of the Ninth this week, which is the new book in the Locked Tomb trilogy. We'll talk more about that when everyone's had a chance to read it. Um, it's a very, very good book, and I didn't like the ending, but the good news is I'm completely alone in that. Everyone else in the world ending, uh, so uh don't worry part of that is i cannot ever reread yes. anything that i have ever read before yeah i have that problem and means that i miss stuff yeah i don't remember details well and with something as complicated as the locked tomb series it's like unless you were taking aggressive notes the whole way through your first time there's, there's gonna a, there's be a stuff major just plot is. point in the very last chapter that i just did not get because i did not remember who was descended from who <laughs> you know that's just that's that's frustrating to me but most of my friends right. who are super into the locked tomb uh either have the, the all of that stuff in their head or you know figured it out or reread the books or you know so um i still heavily recommend it it's a really really good book i just didn't love the ending myself and we'll go into more detail on that when we talk about it in more detail but for now one last thing it's about star wars 
specifically the whole uh, wishing that uh, the world of Star Wars Ronin could have its own whole thing and time to shine. It's very simple. All we need is a Star Wars multiverse uh-huh, like Marvel true. has. Because then you have the main like Yavin 4 one bunch and then you have the star wars <laughs> ronin verse and you can have the universe of that one uh really good star wars visions short where people's lightsaber changes color depending on like their personal traits oh yeah that the one was Jedi. so good. yeah you can have you can you can have a whole star wars universe where it's all droids and the only organic beings are clones of the last remaining because something happened I hope they go that you way. can go all kinds of directions that would be interesting because then disney could be like you guys yeah. like legends so much boom now legends is also canon in its own way what are you going to complain about we gave uh, you what you although wanted. really that complaint doesn't exist anyway because those books are still in print <laughs> you can read right? them They're some of them are being re-released people want yeah. them and they yeah. keep recycling stuff from them like andor yeah. does the time i screamed anyway we should probably move on <laughs> yeah probably um all right so ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening we have been the ace of geeks uh if you if this is your first time listening and you want to find out more about us uh you should go to aceofgeeks.net which has uh, all of our past episodes and more details about the fun things we um we also have two other podcasts uh the first one is yavin radio jaris what's that about yavin radio is a comedy improv a podcast set in the Star Wars it's universe great. in the style of a talk show it is about two rebels um, who are forced to stay behind on Yavin base after um, the end of Return of the Jedi, and they console themselves for not being on the front lines by interviewing anyone who happens to wander into the recording studio. Rowan, oh, sorry, we another podcast is Edge of Reality. Rowan, what's that about? Uh, Edge of Reality is our uh, actual play TTRPG podcast. Uh, The one season that is currently out is uh, everybody playing Kids on Brooms. Come join us for a, uh, what's the right word? What are the correct adjectives? For a wacky romp through a magical... A extremely hormonal time. Yeah, that too. A wacky romp through a magical high school where three hormonal teenagers, one of whom's hormone situation is in question because they're technically not an alive person, (laughs) uh, go on various adventures, try and solve various mysteries, deal with bullies, figure out love, and try and determine whether (laughs) dating is the secret recipe for turning people into communists. Uh, come check it out. Uh, it's it's super fun. The whole first season is out. We have another second season that has been recorded and is going through editing, and that will be Candlekeep D and D five E. And who knows when that'll come out? It'll come out eventually. But if you want it to come out sooner, mm-hmm. please, please put a like on this podcast. Tell everybody to listen to Indeed. it. Get us those views. Send us emails. Ask for it specifically. We want to make you happy. But you got to ask. Communication is a key part of this relationship. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, folks, uh, it has been, as always, a complete and utter pleasure uh, chatting with you. It's here podcast. Um, my name is Mike Faith. You can find me on Twitter at Vengeance God, on Instagram at Broke Thirty Films, and on uh, TikTok at Vengeance God Two. Uh, you can also find me every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. PT, 10 a.m. ET, uh, on the Lost Caravan RPG channel playing Lancer. Uh, it's a very fun. Uh, Jaris, how about you? My name's Jaris Margopoulos. If you're interested in reading some of my thoughts about magic or spirituality, you can find those written up at firstchurchofthemorningstar.com. If you go to our blog, you will be able to see the things that I wrote because my name, Jairus Margopoulos, is on them. That is me, uh, Rowan Go. Hello, I am Rowan. Uh, There is some musical dates and dots that I make during the pandemic, which is ongoing. Uh, You can check them out in the SoundCloud link down in the description of this episode. Uh, if you like what you heard, please tell us via the Ace of Geeks email channel, and then I will know that somebody besides me think the things that I make are cool. Uh, 
Uh, Jairus, if they want to email us to give us feedback on anything, including Rowan's uh, wonderful music uh, and horrible accent, uh, where should how should they do that? A C horrible accent. O F G E E K S P O D C A S T I N G at gmail dot com. That's Ace of Geeks podcasting at gmail.com <laughs> um, at gmail.com uh, we also I want to end it there but I should say we also have a discord uh, and it's a great group of people that are on there uh, and you should come join us that will be in the show notes so please come and check it out Uh, all right folks this has been a great episode I have loved talking to all of your ear holes Uh, we'll end it the way that we always do (gasps) hello Hello, That was an Ace of Geeks podcast. Hello and welcome. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.